Hi, and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, your host, Catherine Getty. It's easy to leave the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same. But what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news, and some solo episodes on inspiration I find. From business to health to politics and kind of everything in between, it's my hope you leave with a boost and find your good news. Hi, and welcome again to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. I am so thrilled to say I have a returning guest joining today's episode. This episode features a hilarious and heartfelt, and wow, I sound like a Hallmark card (laughs) interview with Hunter Wallace. Where do I even begin about Hunter? If you haven't listened to our first episode together, episode 22 titled Enough, We delve into the idea of showing up authentically and what does it mean to be enough for ourselves so much more. If you haven't listened, like I said, run, don't walk to listening after this episode. So as a refresher, and I just love reading his bio again, Hunter is a Southern Belle with City Sass. He's lived in Alabama, the District of Columbia, Washington, and Colorado. He has hopped around this country, discovering what fills his cup outside of a large, large glass of wine and the true meaning behind loving yourself. We had so much fun. I mean, so much fun recording that we are splitting this interview into two. Yes, I said two. Count them two episodes, one this week and one in a few weeks. And don't worry, there will be a solo episode for you next week. I invited him back on because we had so much joy creating it and had so much great feedback on the first episode that I really felt like there was more for us to learn and grow and so much more good there. And this episode delves into more into self-discovery, even more. We talk about therapy, anxiety, um, how fitness can help and hurt. Um, and without further ado, my interview with Hunter Wallace. Welcome back to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. I am particularly excited to have my guest back on the show, Hunter Wallace. Welcome Woo-hoo! back. <laughs> like I start every single episode, Hunter, what is your good news for today? Ooh, Kat, Catherine, Miss Getty, all the all the above. I was thinking about this. I think I even texted you before this and was like, what is my good news? And I think one of the conversations I had with a friend today was my good news is I'm not allowing other people to cause me anxiety because I cause myself enough anxiety. I can't have those outside people. Rule number one, I'm number one. And number one causes enough anxiety. I don't need number two to cause me anxiety. I feel like, could you teach us your ways? Are there any ways that you're like, trying to incorporate that into your life. Like you take a deep breath or disassociating. Like I know when I disassociate, I'm like, okay, their stress is not my stress. I feel a little bit better, but is there anything you can share with the listeners on how yeah, to do that? I, I, I think because we are also empaths, we mm. pull from other people and sometimes their stresses and anxieties can kind of become hours. And I, I have a fine line where I try to stop that because I have to remember it's their life and it's not mine. And though they could be my best friend, my family member, a significant other, I can't really allow that to happen because 
there's already, like I said, there's already enough anxiety in one person. So to have another one and where I really try to do it is, especially with, with individuals, if I don't meet their expectations or if I don't meet my expectations of what they thought it was, or they're mad at me, unless they're coming to me and saying to me, you've caused this in me, you've made me upset, which I love when people give yeah. me feedback. It's like one of my new favorite things. I just can't let other people cause me anxiety. And yeah. I try and temper it here and there. I mean, there's going to be moments that other people cause this anxiety because it's our fault. And the best you can do is you can apologize, get the feedback, work on the next thing. And so it's really, it's like a, it's a per person, per situation thing. It's like, you have to almost wash it off your shoulders and be like, you know, whatever Jay-Z say, dust off your shoulders here. Like, <laughs> God, that's probably, God, that was so bad. Um, no, I really just have to inspire by the Super Bowl. I what when I tell you when Mary J. Blige came out I know. and started singing Family Affair, I about lost it. Um, and so, yeah, I really just it's it's person by person. And I really try and think of the scenario. Why is it causing me anxiety? Who might be causing it? Are they I just have to make sure that I, I walk into every scenario and kind of like, or leave a scenario and figure out why is it that they're causing me anxiety? Is it in, Ooh, this is it. Is it in my control or is it out of my control? Yeah. And if it's in my control, an apology, feedback, figuring out what's up, it's out of my control. I don't want to say I just walk away from it, but I do have to like, I have to sit in a scenario. It's like, I can't do anything about this. Yeah. And so I have to like speak it to the universe almost and be like, you yeah. can't do anything about this. Yeah. Well, I, what I'm like hearing and like I've had like recent very personal experience with this is that when it's in your control, it's like taking ownership. And like we talk a lot about – I feel like in the last episode we talked a lot about like authentic and being owner, – like owning our own stuff. But when it's out of our control, I feel like a lot of the times it's projection. It is they're either uncomfortable with how you show up or they're uncomfortable with how they're not showing up or some weird combination of the both. And so like, I hear you on that. Like if it's out of my control, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like let it sit at the table anymore. Like you're not having, you're not having a seat at the table. Yeah. And like, I think I might've said this on the last one, but like something that I, I had dinner with my old boss last night and we had the best like two hour Kiki, just like catching up with each other. And we were just kind of sitting there and we were discussing something. And I guess another part of my good news is like, I just kind of understand now and it's taken a long time. And I can't remember if I said this in the last time, but like, uh, not everyone's going to like me. Hmm. Are you kidding me? Like I am loud. I am extremely gay. I am, you know, a heartfelt, loving, deep, genuine clown of a human being. As my mother says, I'm a well put together shit show. <laughs> um, not like not everyone is going to like me. And that used to bug me to oh. death. Oh my God. It eats at People, my core. I'm like, why don't you like me? I think in the South, like I grew up trying to please everyone with every decision and how I show up and how I did. So I, I hear you. And I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, I have that experience. Yeah. And it's just kind of like walking away from a scenario to be like, okay, so-and-so didn't like me. And there's not too much I can do about it at that point. Even, even if I'm trying my hardest and, but I, I will say this when you're in those scenarios, you don't be fake. Like don't try and be the person that they want you to be. Cause I think we've all done that in relationships. We are all trying to be 
the person and we subside and we reduce certain aspects of ourselves in order to please others. And in certain scenarios that works, like if you need to do it for like a business purpose, you know, not drop and fuck every other word, (laughs) subside yourself a little bit as I've been, as I've been told by a few bosses. Um, God, the world of politics. I mean, Mm. every other word out of someone's mouth is F this and F that. But um, no, it's really just figuring out like how you can like walk into a scenario and then leave and being like, okay, that person just gave me the snark face as I left. And okay, can't do anything about it. I'm going to go to the next place and like hang out with people that like I can show up as myself. And they're just, they're not going to judge me for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of my friends judge the shit out of me. So it's like, you're being a lot. And I was like, you're not being enough. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) And goodbye. (laughs) Well, I think one last thing I'll, I want to pull through is the subsiding to like meet other people's expectations. Sometimes that's the insidious part of it. It's like you do it so much that you don't realize you're doing it until you realize you're like, who am I? Like, why am I doing this? Or why am I in this friendship? It's not serving me. And then how do you disentangle yourself from said friendship or relationship? It's fine. I'm not having a point of conversation with myself. Wow. Someone's not projecting at all. Um, <laughs> just kidding. No, but it's so true. It's, but it is. There are, there are, there are multiple people in, in my lives. Like I have my ride or dies that I'm not kidding. I think I've seen them every single weekend and a couple times during the week for a year. And then you have those other friends that you make time for once or twice a month, once a quarter, whatever it may be. And then you have those people. I draw energy from people. I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. that is secretly an expert. No, I'm an extrovert that is secretly an introvert. God knows I'm not an introvert. And there are just certain people where like, when there's constant negativity, you just bring it in and you just get upset and you're pissed and you're, they're like, my life sucks. And I'm like, okay, we have a roof over our head and this is, you know, this is so Pollyanna. So, so like Pollyanna, we have a roof over our head. You know, we have jobs, we have cars, we have life, we have expendable money. We can do all these things. And like, I'm not, I never shoot down and shit on someone's plight, but when everything out of their mouth is constantly negative Mm -hmm. to your point, that's when you have to kind of take a step back and be like, mama, are you working for me or not? Yeah. And you can, and, and like also having those conversations, those people, I've had to have that before and be like, Hey, what be going on? You need some therapy. Do you need hunter therapy? Do you need like to take a vacation? Do you need to like take a week or two off for me? And then, you know, if they don't, they don't work on themselves and it's constantly the same thing. You're kind of just sitting there and be like, I can't do anything for you, Susie. Like, so sorry. I know. Which is like the hardest part. Oh, it's so hard. So hard to disconnect from somebody, especially when you love them. And you like know that in your mind, you think that they can change, but then you're like, Mm, maybe it's not. So I feel like we just really dived into the first topic, the good news. And I'm so Welcome excited. to your good news podcast. <laughs> your good news podcast. <laughs> That's going to be the new jingle, everyone. I am so excited, Hunter, that you're back. We had so much fun the first time. We were like, let's run it back. Let's do it again. And we are going to do a different kind of setup for this episode. It's going to be kind of rapid fire. And Hunter and I are just going to go into it. So we have three topics, self-work, work, work, and spicy. Self-work, self-explanatory, 
we'll go into that work. How do we show up authentically to kind of those workspaces? And then spicy is all things relationship. So we're going to end on a interesting note. We'll see how this goes. So self-work. baby. <laughs> self-work. I like love self-development. You probably know this about me. I feel like all the listeners by this point know that I love a good self-work moment. But I think one thing that we talked about in the first time that we – the first episode, episode 22 – was showing up authentically, but you have to do a lot of work to get there. And I think it takes a lot of honest conversations that sometimes are not fun to have and can cause, going back to the anxiety point, can cause anxiety, can cause uncomfortability, can cause you to want to sit with something that you're like, I really don't want to stare this in the face. So let's let's dig in. I think that anxiety and depression are something that we kind of don't as a society fully talk about. I think that being uncomfortable is something we're afraid to be a lot of the time. So with self-work, how did this show up for you? Um, Did you experience times where you were like, I don't want to do this, but I know I need to do this. Let's talk more. Yeah. I um, Self-work started with me in April of 2021, like true self-work, like self-work. I got a therapist. Uh, His name is Keegan. And shout out Keegan. He is a beautiful human being. What up, Keegan? I'll talk to you <laughs> next week. Um, and it is, it was the investment. I look at it as an investment of itself. How you look at working out is an investment in yourself. I also view self work. And when I'm in particular, my therapist, it's having the vulnerability to say, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I don't understand why I feel a certain way about relationships whether it's friendships, family, or a significant other. And like, we dive in and we like, it is mm. the most gut-wrenching thing. And the first thing, we all tell little white lies in our life. We oh. fib a little bit. We like, you know, we exacerbate a story. And I said to Keegan on my first time, and I, I was like, I go, listen, I'm a lot. I can talk your ear off. And I can spiral down a hole of a conversation and beat a dead horse like in, until it's dead again. <laughs> and I said, but one thing I will never do to you is I'll never lie. Mm. I won't tell a fib. I won't tell a white lie. I won't tell anything. I will just tell you the wholehearted truth because like, what do I have to lose? I'm paying you. Yeah. You get $150 every <laughs> single time that I sit in this session. I went every single week for until December of this year or until last year. So from April to December, went every single week. And that was an effort because there are days when I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not having it. Like I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally drained. Like I live in a world of fundraising and I talk about families all throughout Latin America. They're homeless all day and it is just exhausting. So sometimes I would get into those meetings and I'd be like, I have nothing really to talk about. And then fast forward to 50 minutes later. And he was like, yeah, you didn't have anything to talk about, huh? Oh, yeah. I'm like, don't come for me, Keegan. <laughs> I didn't send for you. Don't come for me. Um, and so it is It is such self-work. And like, I had to put in that effort towards me because I was noticing anxiety over the little, little things. I was noticing mm-hmm. depression over things that were out of my control. And so I had to put in that, that time per week. And now I'm every two weeks. I've graduated, as he says, um, to every two weeks. And I was like, what about once a month? He was like, yeah, you're not there yet. Um, and, so, <laughs> and so I really, that is where a lot of my self-work happens. And it's, and it's, if you don't take from therapy and actually run with it, 
Like if you don't take into account what we are speaking about and then put it through to, you know, like, this is something that is insane to me. And I never thought I would say this out loud. Everyone's like, what's he going to say? I gave up coffee. I no longer drink coffee. And I used to be the Starbucks queen. I worked for the man that created Starbucks for literally a year and a half. I am shook. I am now one of those little homosexuals. That, oh, mama, I, if it was the size of my face, I wanted it bigger than my face. I drink tea now like a gay 70-year-old man in Palm Springs. But did you, did you realize it was like causing anxiety? I didn't realize until I stopped drinking tea. I was weirdly in Las Vegas with my company. We were at a work event. We had this with this uh, great partner that we that, that was their CEO was matching whatever the company raised. So we went and we had this great time. And my uh, COO was sitting there. She's like, "You want a cup of tea?" And I was like, "Sure, why not?" I drank it. I was like, "Oh, this isn't bad." And she's like, "Yeah." And it's like one fifteenth of the caffeine. And so I always had to like you know, mind fuck myself initially. And now I realize it's the ritualistic side of things. Yeah. Whereas like a hot cup of tea is like coffee, but it's, I mean, it took a lot, but I was noticing my anxiety was subsiding over things that like at work, if there was 15 emails in my inbox that were new, I was anxious and didn't know what to do. And I was like, oh my God, so much energy, what's going on now? I'm like, okay, I'll just take it one step at a time. Never thought it would be this way. I really didn't. Um, and my friends, it's like I'm vegan and I talk about being <laughs> vegan all the time. I tell my friends about all the tea I drink and they're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. And we don't care. <laughs> Nothing against the vegans. We love you. Oh, Well, I mean, I think that like you've already kind of opened up some really good topics of one therapy. I've talked about my therapist before, Allison. Shout out, Allison. I love you. Um, (laughs) It is like the best investment I make in my week. But I also with like the tea thing, it's like finding those little things that give you like ground you down into yourself. Like for me, like and I've been off my game for a little bit is journaling. I was in a really good journaling. Like in the morning, I had a mantra. I talked about things I was grateful for. I talked about things I wanted to do in the day. And I felt really focused. Probably should get back to that. But I think it's <laughs> I think it's important to say that like this anxiety and depression, those are like narratives that we tell ourselves that are in the future that haven't happened yet. Like full like for the most part, I feel like anxiety for me is that. Like, are there things that I like battle from the past? Yeah. But a lot of the time it's the stories I'm telling myself in the future. Do you find that too? Oh yeah. It can be about money. It can Mm. be about working out. It can be about, I haven't seen this person in a while. Are they forgetting about me? Am I forgetting about them? Is it, oh my gosh, this is happening in October. How do I plan for that? I don't want to plan for that so far out. What if this changes? What is that? It is like the full spectrum of anything. And I mean, a lot of it happens. I feel like Sunday scaries and Monday scaries are such a real thing because you're coming down from a world of excitement and fun and back into air quote reality. Mm -hmm. And when you get back into reality, you're like, Oh my God, I've neglected so many things. We're really at the end of the day. Like you haven't, you're still being an adult yeah, and you're still doing these things. And so, Oh no, absolutely. Like my brain can just jump at me, jump at me in a, in a second. Uh Uh-huh. Back to the anxiety, we only need to give ourselves anxiety, which we should probably not give ourselves anxiety, but yes. it is a it is sometimes a reality. And I think that you talked about fitness. 
I think that fitness for the most part helps me, but sometimes I feel like if I haven't done my fitness, I am like a spinning, what is it? Gerbil twister. Oh, I yeah, hamster I'm wheel. Like, hamster yeah, wheel. I am, I am a mess. Like if I don't do my workout in the morning, like I am not the nicest person. <laughs> how has, how do you feel about fitness helping anxiety and depression? So my journey with fitness has been very intriguing. As you know, I used to be a flywheel girl. I used to go to flywheel every single morning, uh, RIP flywheel. And um, I used to go all the time. And I have a very interesting relationship with working out. So I had a bit of an eating disorder uh, a couple of years ago. And it was constantly my calories must be in the deficit. I have to work out twice a day and then run at least three miles. I mean, I was like to the point of like, it was not healthy. And I have had battles with them because as a former larger individual and being within the gay community, if you don't have a six pack, you're trash. Mm -hmm. Like that is not what is spoken out loud. But it is such a it's, thing. Yeah. It is this weird, unspoken, spoken narrative that's created within the gay community. And I am currently in a moment right now where, like, I feel pretty equilibrium. Like, I feel pretty good about where I am. Like, have I worked out too much this week and it's Wednesday? Yes. I, and I had to mentally, I'm not joking, I'm going to Casey Musgraves tonight. Can't wait probably cry. I'm wearing an all denim outfit, living my best life. And uh, I canceled my class in the morning. And I usually, I take 6.30 AM Tuesday through Friday. And then I take two additional classes in the evening, like Tuesday, Thursday. So I try and double twice a week. And I had like an anxiety attack canceling my class this morning. When I canceled my class for tomorrow, I was like, okay, well then you can't eat as much and you can't do this. And I had to like stop myself. Cause I think we all do it. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, that, that snack you're going to have, is not going to be burnt off. And it is such a mind fuck because it's, I, I my, my friend will in Seattle once one time said to me, he was like, you know, like your body's not going to change in three days. Right. And I was like, I don't think he knows that I still play that in my head. I really don't think he knows that. I'm going to text him after this and tell him that. And that is something where like my old self is coming back in my head. My old eating disorder self saying Mm -hmm. like, you're not going to be worthy. Don't go enjoy yourself. And I, how I space it out for myself to help myself with like my internal like workout, dieting struggle is Monday through Monday through Friday at noon, I eat the same thing. I cook the same thing for breakfast every single morning. I typically am doing, you know, cooking a meal at night. And I try not to drink at the house during the week. On the weekends, it's no holds bar. Like I am going out. I'm enjoying myself. I'm going to dinner. I'm, if I work out, I work out. If I don't, I like, honestly, I don't let it really deter me. But working out is also an anxiety relief for me yeah. because there was three Saturdays ago, I had a too much fun weekend and I'm not kidding you. Like I went out at four o'clock on Friday to our favorite happy hour spot. And then we went over to a friend's and had beer. And then we watched RuPaul's Drag Race. And then we met some friends for another drink. And then we went out till two o'clock in the morning. It was a lot. And then Saturday, 
it became the same thing. We went antiquing because again, I'm 70 years old. Was this and like I'm two weeks ago? Because I had a very similar weekend and I'm like. <laughs> yes, it actually was. And I'm not kidding you. On Sunday, I was riddled with anxiety because your body's coming down. You're like trying mm-hmm. to fire serotonin. You're trying to get that dopamine up in your system. I had to physically put on my tennis shoes and I went on a seven mile run. I didn't even set out to do seven miles, but my brain was just like, I got into they call it a yoga flow yeah. and my brain just like shut down and I just like hit the pavement and I felt came back and I felt so great because it was just like the endorphins were coming back. The adrenaline was helping out. And it wasn't that I was running from everything though. In this fucking moment, you're like, you were, no, you were physically running from things. <laughs> I, but I have to treat, I treat working out as a stress relief. And if you set out, on a goal to like work out just to get skinny. Obviously that will happen if you keep it up. But like, if you don't set like actual goals for yourself, it's like when you're working out, like I try and set particular goals. It's not like I want to have a six pack. It's like, I want to be able to lift this weight or I want to be able to run for this long. Like there's, I don't know. I'm just trying to flip the script on it because that helps me a lot more than being like, I want to look good in a Speedo when I go to Puerto Vallarta. Well, I feel like one I just want to say thank you so much for like sharing. Like I have also shared about my eating disorder and have a similar, I grew up a dancer, so I can empathize. Like it was never a spoken, you need to be the size. It was your costume doesn't fit or, and so like when things don't fit, I spiral like in a way that's not healthy. And I think that for the most part, my movement is like my meditation. I know it's like the catchphrase of the world right now is like movement is meditation. But when I move, I do feel happier. And I think what I'm hearing is like, and I hope people take to heart is that movement should be coming from a place of like finding a release or trying to get stronger. It shouldn't be, I want to fit into a size zero or I want to fit into, I want to look like X Because it's like, that's like, again, going back, it's like masking something that's like not there. It's like, it's putting a bandaid on a bullet hole, if that makes any sense. Hell yeah, Taylor Swift. Um, (laughs) No, and I'm going to tell you right now, movement is a blessing until you don't, like, movement is a blessing, but you don't realize until you don't have it. Yeah. And when I, a year ago in November, actually when this aired, our first one aired, I ruptured my Achilles and I went seven months in physical therapy, two to three days a week. And it was, I had to eat, pray, love the shit out of myself because I went Mm. from doing a thousand miles. I did a thousand miles running by November of 2020 and I wasn't stretching like an idiot. And mama, I popped that Achilles. It ruptured in half in Mexico on the second day of a seven day trip. I, how did you find medical service? Like, so let me give you the narrative here. I felt like I was on a boat. I was literally (laughs) on like, I was, so we went out and it was still, it was like COVID was like released, but not. And we were at this outside bar and this song by Todrick Hall came on hair, nails, like all that song. So mama, I start strutting down the street. I'm like, yes, yes, work, work. I plant my foot and pivot. And it felt like my foot fell through a sewer grate. And I looked up at my friends and I was like, I just ruptured my Achilles. And they're like, no, you didn't. 
And I was like, no, I pretty sure I just ruptured my Achilles. I went to take a step, literally couldn't move, couldn't move my heel, ankle, any of it. So fuck you, Taja Call. Just kidding. I got a cameo from him on my birthday that was like, heard you popped your Achilles. Happy 30th. I died. I actually died. Um, so I'm not kidding you. I, I pop my Achilles. I limp over to the, like limp over to this outside bar and I look the bartender dead ass in the face. And I said, I need two shots of tequila. I have not smoked in a number of years. I looked at him. I said, and find me a cigarette. That was the greatest cigarette. That was the greatest dart I've ever had in my entire life. So you're like the, the moral to the story is everyone stretch. That is absolutely. I don't know why I just went off on this tangent, <laughs> no. but oh, it, eat, pray, love, eat, pray, love, and like body is I mean, moving, body is body is moving. But like not being able to move and to go from running that much and working out, seeing definition in your body to like I'm eating gelato and making cookies and baking like so much. It was like such, a, and then now I remember when I got on the treadmill for the first time. I was at physical therapy. I got on the treadmill for the first time. There's a video. I bawled my eyes out on the treadmill because it was one of those things of like, I had to relearn how to walk, walk upstairs, walk downstairs. I had a heel in all of my shoes for five months. I like it. I had a knee scooter. I had a knee scooter. Talk about seven year olds in Palm Springs again. I was, oh, I had a bell on it. My best friend, Allie, literally gave me a donut bell. And one time I was, I was darting through, I was darting through Target I started ringing my bell and I took a corner. I took out a kid. I took out a kid. And literally the mom looked at me and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm a cripple. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say. Me either. I, I mean, I think the like, the lesson in it all is like in the self-work category is that like having a mirror to yourself sucks. It's not fun but it pays dividends. Being honest with where you're at pays dividends. Like being able to find your releases, may that be tea for you. (laughs) I'm not going down your tea journey. Um, May that be therapy. May that be journaling. May that be running. May that be whatever it is. And like really holding on to that so that you can show up your best self. It's kind of like- Yeah, I was on a date- um, I'd probably say like a week ago and, uh, or actually it wasn't a date. It was a friend date. And he said something to me that like really caught me off guard in, in a good way. And he said to me, he was like, yeah, I made a motto in 2021 where every morning I was going to look at myself in the mirror and half smile. So you don't always have to be excited when you wake up. And what I took from that, and I've actually been doing that literally the past like week, week and a half, as I wake up and I sleep in the nude, everyone calm down. Don't get I- images in your head. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, hello. And I like walk into the bathroom to brush my teeth and I look at myself and I smile and I'm like, you look good. Like just try and say positive things to yourself. Even if you're the biggest weight you've ever been, the smallest weight you've ever been, like try and find something positive in yourself. Because like, if you are going to be your own worst enemy, you're never going to help yourself. If you're going to sit there constantly and be like, you're the fattest person, your circles are dark, your hair is long. Oh my God, you, your skin is so acne prone. Like, no, find the one thing in a scenario and like speak to that. Because like, there are lots of things I could say to myself in the morning that are of negative like construct. But I try not to do those things because if I do, you're setting the narrative for your fucking day. And like, Mm. you know, 
You can't be your best if you're constantly telling yourself you're a piece of shit. Why would you ever feel good about your day if you wake up and be like, hey, you fat fuck? Like, why would you ever say that to yourself in the morning? Like, does that make sense? I'm laughing because... I may or may not sometimes do that. Like it's not. And we all have our, we all have our moments. We all have our moments. I'm, you know, I wouldn't say hypocrisy is going to be a thing, but you have to kind of preach it to the world. Well, I think it's like those, it's like the things that you tell yourself, those become like the like playlist in your mind. And you don't even realize you're playlisting it in your mind of like, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to be X. I'm never going to be Y. Like she's X. He's Y. Like it's like, who are you? I'm going to, I'm going to start trying this. I'm going to start trying the smile trick tomorrow morning. And and you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have your mornings where you're like, okay, I ate a half a gallon of ice cream. Like, why do I look like I have a small infant in my stomach? But <laughs> you, you like, delicious. you really do. And you enjoyed life. Oh, it was. Because life is fucking I, short. Like, I don't know why that's been on my brain recently. Maybe it's because my birthday's coming up, but I'm like, this could all be gone tomorrow. Is that, is could. that dark? Is that dark? No, <laughs> it's not dark? dark. No, but like, mama. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. Yeah. Let's pray to God that doesn't fucking yeah, happen. I mean, yeah, I, I would, if I I'm do, texting you, tomorrow. you better milk this. You know, you better milk this podcast <laughs> if I get hit by a bus. You better be like, he got hit by a bus and he talked about it. Cash it in. Get on Oprah. Get on like Ellen. She <laughs> no. might be canceled. Get on all of it. Uh, I'm just kidding. But I'm not kidding. They're like, you know, you have to. Like I, Jenny's birthday cake ice cream is my weakness. Wait, is it? And I'm telling you. Oh, There's a Jenny's across from. So my apartment. I've never been. I know where you live. You live a, You live across from the Lululemon. Yeah. Heck yeah, girl. You better live that life. Um, and no, but like you have to kind of like, you have to give yourself some breaks. Like if you're just eating broccoli and chicken all the time, your brain's going to constantly think about like, what if I had some ice cream? And I understand that people are like, well, I'm structured and I'm balanced and I'm this. I'm like, also cut yourself some slack. Like you're not going to go, you're not going to go to your grave and get to heaven or hell or the in-between or whatever mm. anyone believes and be like, I'm so happy I ate broccoli and chicken my entire life. <laughs> no, I'm really glad I funneled a bottle of wine, had Jenny's ice cream and watched my favorite show and cackled for an hour. Like mm. those are the kind of things that you enjoy. And it's, it, you know, self-reflection is always going to be something that is very hard because you have to look at the bad and the good. And so like in those moments, whether it's finding your anxiety relief through working out or going on a stroll or like knitting, painting, shopping online, whatever it may be that helps with your anxiety or depression, you got to find what's good for you. And if working out isn't your thing, go find your next thing. If it's painting, if it's reading a book, go do that. Like just find, find those avenues that really allow for you to like, get a little self-care, get a little quiet time. Cause I think we talked about this before outside this podcast, inside this podcast, like those things are like 50 minutes to an hour, to an hour and a half where no one can touch you. You can't touch me. Mm. You can't talk to me. I'm in my zone. I'm listening to Cardi B. I'm listening to Meg The Stallion. And I am, I'm, I'm in it. You know, it's like, just like kind of dawned on me was as I'm talking about like the self-reflection I was really viewing it through a negative lens. Like I was viewing it through depression, anxiety, I'm not going to be good enough. When my hope, I'm, as I'm saying this out loud, it's like maybe I should just, 
and I hope the listeners like take a nugget with this too, is like, it's like, go with me, is maybe we just acknowledge that we're pretty bomb ass people. I hope you're all bomb ass people if you're listening to this podcast, but like, you know, you're bomb ass people versus like only the negative. And I think that maybe that's unlocking something new too. I don't know. Yeah. Because like when you self-reflect, it's kind of like when your bestie is in a relationship with someone, they really only come to you with negative. They never talk about the positive. And so then you build this like idea around this person and then you're like, it's constantly negative, but they're not telling you the positive. So when you take that personal towards yourself You got to talk about the good and you got to talk about the bad. I wake up in the morning and my Botox filled forehead is like, mama, ain't no lines in sight. You look real good. Like like there's just, you have to talk about the positives. Like, oh, your teeth look really great today. Oh, your beard looks good. Look at that flow in that hair. Oh, okay. Your arms are getting bulky. Wow. You look really great in that peacoat. Holy shit. That Lululemon jacket does look good on you. Like, and even just like, you know, and taking it outside of like the aesthetic side of things, like you had a really thoughtful conversation with your friend yesterday and you like, you showed your love to one another and you like express the joy that they bring to you. And then they also re- like reciprocated and talked about the joy that they brought that I brought to them. Like find mm-hmm. those moments. Cause if you don't uh, like, I, I have, they will. And like, there are moments that I speak to certain relatives and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're so mm. blessed. And like, again, listeners, I'm not saying that you can't sit with your sadness or sit with your, your oh, depression. You know, I love but that. You, oh, same. Are you kidding me? Glass of wine and Harry Potter on a Sunday messed me up. But um, it means, but you're but, taking it a step further. That's the yeah. key difference. Yeah. You have to, you have to focus on that. The other. What a fun episode. I can't wait for y'all to hear the second piece of it. It's so much fun to be able to share the good that is in us. And it is honestly such a helpful reminder of the good we can create and the impact we can have. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Hunter, for joining today. And thank you for listening to another episode of the You Are Good News podcast. If you liked, please subscribe, leave a review, share with someone you know. These little actions can really help the You Are Good News podcast grow. Also reach out to me. I'm on Instagram at Catherine Getty, or you can visit my website, yourgoodnewspodcast.com. I just would love to hear feedback on this episode, what you would want to hear more from. So find me at Instagram at Catherine Getty or on my website and send me an email and tune in next week for another episode of the Your Good News Podcast. 